Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumzer, and today we're going to be talking with Ankit Samani, who is the founder and, I believe, CEO of Alio, an automated recruiting tool. Good morning, Ankit. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, John? I am on top of the world. It's it's uh, the beginnings of summer in Northern California, which means it's gray and foggy and a little chilly, and, and I, I love it. So, so why don't you take a moment um, and, and tell the audience um, where you came from and, and how you got to where you are today. Fantastic. Well, first of all, thanks a lot for having me on the show. Uh, I do appreciate that. A little bit about my background. I grew up in India and you know, was there till I was 21, 22. Came out to the States, always wanted to come to the U.S. for studying. Spent a couple of years in Atlanta studying at Georgia Tech, which was a great school. Then came out to the Bay Area, always had the bug, wanted to be out here in the industry as quickly as possible, and just loved this area. I've been here for over 10 years now. And I primarily spent my time in two companies. For the first couple of years, I used to be at Oracle, but then spent over half a decade at Google doing product management on a lot of interesting products, working with really smart people. And I think the the last two years, even within that, was all focused on machine learning, AI-related products. So that was my journey up until the point I quit my job <laughs> and started this. And I have a very good friend of mine, Sahil, who and I, we, we know each other since I was 17. And we always joke, we know each other longer than we know our spouses. And we we were talking for a long time on problems that we wanted to solve. And, you know, recruiting always came around in our conversations. We always felt that there's something missing in the market and we could do a whole lot of things there. So we didn't know much about recruiting. In fact, you know, all we knew, I came from Google. He came from McKinsey and Company. He, he went to MIT before that, his PhD there. But, you know, we knew from the professional market, we didn't really know what happens to 80, 85% of people. And so we thought the best way to learn is really get into the thick of it. So we literally quit our job and we started a staffing company in Bay Area. And we practically lived in malls and hospitals, trying to both research what is the process that people go through right now, as well as uh, trying to get people jobs. You know, so we, we got people uh, who were interested in getting a job, got a bunch of hiring managers who were interested in giving a job uh, across big companies and try to play that matchup and really learn what's happening in the process, where we feel there's opportunity, and, and how we feel the next generation of recruiting could be, at least from an outside-in perspective. And a lot of really smart people at the top of their organizations took the time, gave us their feedback, gave us their perspective, which really helped us shape how we wanted to make this company and what we wanted it to do. That was about That's two, two and a half years ago. That's that's interesting. Before before we get into what the company actually does and 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 helping people understand how you named it, I see that you that your master's degree is in thermal fluid sciences and economic decision analysis. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. That that seems like an odd coupling because thermal fluid yeah. sciences doesn't result in an answer generally, and economic decision analysis does. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. 
it's funny i've always been interested in the fluid sciences aspect of it my when i was doing my bachelor's i got on to this ambitious project just because i read a news article that in china there was a really high speed train and their high speed train was on a was on a bridge and because of wind patterns you know the train actually got off the bridge and i always used to think that you know high speed trains is something that the world will need more and more of and so we really built like a whole computational model where you know two trains are coming towards each other even on different tracks and wind patterns happen what happens to these trains and what are the failure scenarios so very interested on the fluid sciences aspect of it uh, when i came to georgia tech it was really how do i apply that to a real world problem and that's when i got more into the data center aspect of it data center cooling is a giant problem uh, a lot of energy in the world is wasted but you know i wanted to pair that uh, so this was much more computational much more research oriented i wanted to pair that with real world aspects and economic decision analysis really got me in front of what is operations research how do you really uh, make decisions thinking about both macro and micro effects uh, so it was just a good pairing for me uh, made the made the experience much more interesting and and more wholesome and georgia tech has a great uh, industrial engineering school so uh, it was good to take advantage of it great so tell me about alio and and what the company what the company does and 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 how you doing fantastic so alio uh, it's a it's a silicon valley it's uh, based in uh, sunnyvale california Uh, it's an AI technology company, and we have a simple mission. We want to make recruiting delightful and efficient for everyone involved. If you think about people involved, it's your candidates, it's your hiring teams, as well as uh, the HR leadership. And so, we want to make these terms delightful and efficient happen for all of them. Uh, we, you know, in terms of what we do, we utilize a deep workflow, conversational AI to automate big chunks of end-to-end recruiting workflow, and we provide an experience for candidates by intelligently engaging them via texting. Uh, it could be ha- happening over mobile or even, you know, conversation over web. Uh, we the problem that we saw as I was talking about earlier is the traditional ineffic- inefficiencies, and part of it is lost applicants. and conversion rates being low because of poor candidate experience uh, there's a high cost of recruiting for a lot of industries especially the early industry because the the recruiters are overburdened with a r- lot of administrative tasks and finally hr leadership uh, doesn't always get the visibility and control they are looking for and so we are looking to be that layer that helps become the experience first model for each of them and and really give them that visibility control and experience uh we are backed by uh google ai fund uh by ronstar innovation fund uh ronstar as you know is is a leader staffing industry leader in this space and by bain capital ventures that's quite an impressive uh, set of backers so that they must think you know something and <laughs> they must do. i'm hoping they're right <laughs> so so how's it going? Start startups are 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 hard work and um you you end up being credentialed technically but what you have to do is sell. Um and yeah. and that's often a surprise to to first-time founders that 
that the real job is selling, not thinking. Um, how's that going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a very very interesting experience. Um, I would say I wouldn't trade it for anything, but I'd also say that it's extremely volatile, right? There are days which are great. There are days where <clears throat> you're just scratching your head. I think what I've found to be really interesting in this space uh, is HR industry is extremely relationship driven. And so when you actually go to people for advice, it could be your CHROs of top companies. Oftentimes they take time to give you advice. And, you know, people are smart when they're giving you advice, they understand what you are trying to solve and whether and how you're going to implement that advice, especially if you keep in touch with them and they understand what their challenges are. So not only you learn about their challenges in the back of their mind, they're also thinking about, well, how do I best utilize whatever they are talking about in my space? So I think selling has been a lot more consultative in some ways, not because we are running a consulting company, we're running a product company, but really it's about, hey, what is your challenge? How can we best solve it? Having said that, there are a million vendors out there and a lot of them you know, want to reach out to the same person. So it tends to be a lot of hard work um, and you have to approach it in whichever way you can. <laughs> so we have tried every which way, all the way from you know, reaching out to them, on LinkedIn, directly reaching out to them, trying to you know go via connections, everything possible. So we really we really fire up on all cylinders, uh, and now we are trying to reach that point where we're trying to make it much more scalable. Because our organization used to be a lot more founder-led, probably six months to nine months ago, where Sahil and I we used to have our own teams and we're basically running those teams, and now we have like a you know I think a kick-ass management layer was also taking on a lot of these responsibilities. So, you know, slowly we are trying to make a lot of those processes scalable, but that transition also takes time. So every day there is a new learning. <laughs> that much I can definitely tell you. That's great. So so let's let's dig down a little bit. You you, you talked in some generalities about what the company mm-hmm. does, but what what are the specific functions that, that your product performs? Yeah, so I think if you look at it from a candidate perspective, uh, what used to happen is you're going on and you, you go on a website. First of all, if you're a passive candidate, it feels too much effort uh, to go fill out an application to just learn if there is a better opportunity. If you're an active candidate, you would go on a website, fill out an application. Honestly, a lot of that experience feels very 90s, the way it's done right now. And after that, somebody will pick up that application at some point and have a conversation with you and, and help you take forward. And the whole process used to take a lot of time. You know, there's a known black hole problem within the space when you don't see communication. And so we found that the communication was poor, the interfaces were sl- sort of old, and the process often was inconsistent, right? The same person applying can have a very different experience than another person. So what we are trying to provide is an extremely responsive experience which is also consistent because that's what machines are great at. And a candidate who is interested in a job can simply text a number, chat on a website, and go all the way from initial, hi, I'm interested, to job search, to I have a few questions for you, to screening, assessment, interview scheduling, continue to be reminded about those interviews or statuses as they change over time. Even for some customers who have 
you know, who have applicants, 50% of them don't even have an email. So they use our system for extending offer letters, uh, helping collect background check data, and really take that experience all the way to the point they are hired, but continue to engage Alio, which is the bot that works with them, continues to engage with them even beyond that to see, you know, how are things going? Is this the job they were looking for? What can be done to make it better? So that you see the whole end-to-end -end experience of someone who is a potential applicant to a real candidate to an employee and hopefully give them a single pane of glass as well as collect the right data to make the process better. So this is the whole candidate aspect of the experience. From recruiter standpoint or hiring manager standpoint, you know, life has changed for a lot of hiring managers where instead of them getting on calls and trying to get candidates and, you know, they are rescheduling, they're not showing up and they're spending six hours every week doing that while they have to run a business which needs to produce millions of dollars. Uh, you know, take the example of simple, um, a simple, uh, you know, Sprout store, for example, you know, that store needs to produce $10 million or $10 million. And, that that hiring manager is spending most of their time giving calls to candidates and we want to change that experience so much so that it's 2 p.m and qualified candidates are just walking into the store and you can just have the most important part of the hiring manager uh input which is take the interview make a call and then everything else the system takes care of beyond that and finally it's the hr leadership and and really most of the intelligence ends up um, affecting their life. And let me explain what that means. Candidates come in, they have an interview. At the end of the interview, Alio will reach out to them and say, hey, how was the interview? Did it work out as you were expecting? And a lot of them will say, you know, I showed up for the interview, the hiring manager told me come back after three days, rescheduled on my face or, you know, whatever. And you just get that intelligence. And it's almost like Alio is having one-on-one -on -one with their HR leader, sends them an email, tells them, hey, um, first of all, these people, th this, this is how it's going great, but these people showed up and they really didn't have great experience. And now that gives them good core data to go chat with their operations team so that they have the right seat on the table and, and they can help make the process better. Because so far they were only getting the inbound of, hey, how, can you get me hires quickly? Now they have material as well to go back. And our goal is to in increase that level of intelligence. So we are Based on the conversation itself, we are trying to predict um, whether candidates are a good fit, how motivated they are for a certain job. We're trying to give people signals, not really say, here's a candidate, hire them, but help people look at those factors to make better hiring decisions. So just to sum up, the candidate side of experience is completely conversation, texting and chat, it takes them all the way from initial hire to hire and sometimes beyond. Uh, for hiring managers, it's, it's automated, it's about efficiency, and really it's about making them focus on what they're great at, which is making those sub subjective nuanced decisions. And for HR leadership, it's about transparency in the process and getting feedback. So, so fundamentally, this is a, a text and chat-based system, yes? That's right. For candidate, that's exactly the experience. And, and then there's then there's web-based analytics for for the management side of things and, and some decision-making recording. But but at its heart, this is <coughs> this is what people would call a chatbot. Yes, 
I think the the whole conversation element of it is what people call chatbot. Absolutely, the the candidate side of experiences is the chatbot aspect of it. Uh, we think of this chatbot as slightly different, just because it needs to go much deeper in the workflow. You know, many chatbots that are available, not just in HR but across, they tend to look at a much deeper, longer uh, knowledge base, but the workflows are not that deep. Uh, here, you know, recruiting as a domain. Uh, helps you define what is the what is the language you need to speak, if you will. But the workflow tends to be more complicated. But yes, that experience is a chatbot. The whole hiring manager side of the experience can be over whatever communication platform they prefer. So it starts from you know web or text or even email, and using that to create an easy way. So it's almost like an assistant, and they can chat with that assistant in different ways. Um, and so that side of experience tends to be less chatty. Uh, it tends to be more um, give me the right data and help you make the right decision. So, so how much of the candidate experience can you actually automate? Um, how, and, and, yeah. and by that, by that, I mean that there are clearly things that, that you can't get right because, because the, the language processing is only so good. Um, and, yeah. And and the the machine's ability to understand multiple intent is always gonna is always gonna choke it up a little bit. So so when you when you install Alio, I assume you have to have dedicated people to pay attention to it. Great question, absolutely great question. If you imagine, if I went and told to a VP of HR that hey, I have this cool product and they might agree, and then the first question is wow. If I look at this, there's so many questions I need to ask. There's so many different flows I need to think about because you know VP of finance will be hired differently than a barista. Um, that sounds like a whole lot of setup. And this is where we've specifically focused on. If you think about the whole conversation itself, at some point, it is a decision tree, right? There's a natural language processing aspect of it, which is if I say something open-ended, we want the system to understand as much as possible. And there, I would say continued advancements happen, right? Right now, if there are multiple intents which are not asked at the uh, you know right point of the conversation, includes a question, includes something the person wants you to do, includes what you want the person to do, it gets complicated. And I think the industry is developing there and all of those advances will flow in. So the biggest challenge I find when I pitch to customers is the expectation suddenly is, from 90s web tools, we have completely automated what a human would do. And it's not complete automation of human. The advantage of a machine is you take care of all the administrative objective and then seemingly towards more subjective tasks over time. But you do that with a very low error rate, uh, something that's available 24-7 on across channels with a consistent brand presence. That's the big advantage. And I think... It's not that every task will be automated. Uh, maybe over time that's true, but right now I would say a decent chunk is, at least on the administrative side, I won't expect a robot to conduct uh, you know, a nuanced subjective interview and make a decision. At least I wouldn't believe that because there's a whole lot of chance of not looking at enough data, bias, all of those things. From a setup standpoint, that's where we have spent a lot of time and effort. And at an enterprise scale, literally the whole conversation system can be built up in less than a day. And the automated aspect of it literally looks at 
all of the requisitions that an enterprise has, extracts data from that requisition, makes a flow based on the kind of job we are talking about. And this is all at the requisition level that it can be done automatically or quite a bit so. And anywhere else where human input is needed to make that better, that human input is added. But all of that system can be built in less than a day. Imagine all of all of HR professionals, you know, they've done ATS integrations, HRIS integrations, all of that, and it has taken three months, six months, nine months. And here's a system that can be built in a day. Obviously, deployment then takes, goes at the speed at which the enterprise moves. So it can go from anywhere between a week to five weeks. Um, but yeah, that's the big difference. So, so what 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 are the elements of a good deployment? What 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 do you have to get right to to have the the process stick? So first, I'll, I'll talk about uh, both in terms of system as well as people. I think for enterprises to do this right, they should expect a third. They should expect a vendor to come in and without external or without internal input really create both the buy-in as well as the success that they're looking for. So I think enterprises should always think about who is the single point of contact I want to assign to make this project run. You can think of it as a project manager, the right recruiter, whoever it may be, but they are doing few things. They're trying to get the internal buy-in because new technology always faces some kind of uh, resistance from internal organizations because you know people are used to doing the way they are doing it. So getting that buy-in, uh, making sure that they are giving the right feedback. So think about a conversational technology like this. You know, appearing like a candidate, giving giving a solution provider like us feedback that hey, this is how the value system or the culture of our organization is. This is how we want to appear. That's a big part of it. And then, you know, there, <clears throat> there are several ducks that need to be in a row as these deployments happen. It could be, let's make sure all the right leadership is sold on it. Let's make sure the operations head is sold on it. Um, let's make sure we understand the rollout strategy that how do we want to pilot so that we learn enough about it to make a really smart decision. So I think a big part of enterprise is assigning that individual who can be that thought partner and we can work with uh, to really make it successful. So the best deployments, the fastest deployments, the most success we've seen is where enterprises have been able to do that well. That's, that's, that's fascinating. So, so give me an example of what it's like in a specific customer. Yeah. So I'll give you an example of, of a great customer there. Um, when, when we came in, we we basically went via the CHRO route because they were very interested. Uh, they thought this was exciting. In fact, they even had, uh, they have a internal HR conference, and which is about new technologies that go in next year. And they presented Alio and there were like 500, you know, store managers. This was a large supermarket chain, 500 store managers trying to text at the same time. That was a fun exercise. It was almost like Alio was a keynote speaker. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh. But in that in, in that exercise, it was interesting because they chose um, a project manager, as we were just talking about. They made sure business case and KPIs were extremely clear, right? What they wanted to solve was something very specific. They had new store openings and they wanted to fill those stores quickly. For existing stores, they were only at about, let's say, 75% fill rate. 
and that's like evergreen wrecks. You know, it's a common term in the industry. They just never close the wrecks. And they wanted to change that because that affected the ability uh, of them serving their customers. They wanted to make the fill rate 99% plus at any point of time. And that's a very audacious measure. So first having the KPI right, understanding what management really wanted, understanding what operations leaders really wanted, focused on that. When they chose different sites, they chose sites with a variation, right? There were sites which had uh, a lot of applicants. There were sites which didn't have enough applicants. There were sites which didn't have enough recruiters. So now you're looking at a variation so that you know where a technology of this sort really applies well. And I absolutely encourage that when I come across customers and, and leaders within that, that you should definitely try it across a range so that within those three to six months, you know where it really works. And then the pilot was run. You know, you see a lot of hiccups, you know, in IT organizations. So one of the biggest challenges when you talk to HR leaders is, hey, is my IT going to sign off on it? And it's not like, you know, IT is just, you know, sitting back and, and saying, hey, I'm not going to sign off on new technology. There are real challenges, especially with data privacy that people want to look into. I'll give you the simplest of example. Emails are not going through because you know the IT systems are blocking those emails. So it's, uh, the hiring managers are not able to see any of the emails that we are sending. And it took us two weeks to resolve that, three weeks to resolve that. So everything is up and, and ready to go and emails are not working, right? So there are challenges of that sort that also come in. So I would say having a good IT partner, somebody who comes in early enough and, and works with both the vent solution provider, vets them, helps test out as much as possible. That's the name of the game. How do we build a pilot and get the right set of people who are gonna run the pilot internally in an organization that they have covered uh, all the key aspects of what could fail? Interesting. So we have we have really raced through our half hour together. Is, is, is there <laughs> anything you wanna be sure that a listener takes away? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for me is um, People think of AI in HR as, you know, some of them think of it as this crazy magical thing, which will just come and solve all my problems. And the other end of the spectrum is, oh, I have no idea what, what this is going to do. I would say, you know, the analogy we look at is we don't want people to think about AI as Terminator. We, all, we want them to think about AI as your Roomba. Roomba is this automated vacuum cleaner that, you know, walks around your house cleaning stuff. Two things great about that analogy. One, you know, there's a lot of menial tasks that your recruiters, your high value recruiters who are great at selling candidates, selling to candidates are already doing, and you can actually give them more time to do more of that. And then the second thing about that analogy to take away is there are lots of individual tasks that can be automated. Could be screening, could be scheduling, could be, you know, post hire check-in, where you can take advantage of both that automation and the data that's coming out of it, how does that uh, inform better decisions? And I would love people to take those baby steps and try things out because the technology is ready to be tried out. It's not ready to be this completely autonomous system that does everything, but it will slowly get there. You just have to try. That's my biggest takeaway for, uh, for most leaders out there. Fantastic. So would you take a moment, reintroduce yourself and tell people how to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So we've been listening to this session, this amazing session uh, run by John. I'm Ankit Somani. I'm the co-founder of Alio. Uh, you can find more information on us at allyo.com, alio.com, or even send me an email at ankit, A-N-K-I-T, at alio.com. I'd be sure to respond. Thanks a lot for your time, John, and this. Thanks, for, thanks very much, Ankit. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations, and we've been talking with Ankit Samani, who is founder and CEO at Alio, a Silicon Valley-based AI for recruiting firm. Thanks again, Ankit, and thank you all for listening in. We will talk to you the next time. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.